Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bleeding Metal podcast. My name is Pia, she, her, and I am, as always, <laughs> or as most of the time, here today with my co-host Kiki. Hello, Kiki. Hello, everybody. And thank you so much for joining us today. We are expanding a little bit more on the very uh, interesting topic that we had last month, the topic of identity, um, identity politics, uh, how all of other different aspects of our identities and what makes us ourselves. Um, yeah, what makes me, me? <laughs> <laughs> what makes you, Pia? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to the previous episode yet, uh, you should definitely catch up with that one. We had our guest, Toby Duncan, from the band Trash Boat. Yes. It was a very, um, very interesting talk. And I enjoyed that very much, actually. It made me think a lot about, um, yeah, just things that had never occurred to me, actually. Mm-hmm. So yeah, make sure uh, that you go and listen to that one. And um, where are we starting? Should we do like a little bit of a recap from last time? I think I have a few uh, things that I that I want to say about all those as well. Mm -hmm. um, because the talk was an hour long, but um, it's still we touched on so many different topics and uh, they mostly... Uh, surrounded the gender part of our identity, kind of gender and sex. And um, what I wanted to say, because I've been thinking about that um, afterwards as well, and also recently through other podcasts that I listen to as well. And I think one of the most important things that Toby said on the last episode was that he recommends people not to weaponize their identities to mm -hmm. just shut discussions down and such. I think that is a very important question to ask ourselves. But also, I think that if you can, or if you have an argument to make, because uh, you are fighting for uh, rights or respect or dignity, that is related to one of your identities, then I do think that is still very important. Um, coming out, if you feel safe to do it, is very uh, is a political act. It's very important. It helps with visibility and re with representation. And um, it helps to promote equality uh, just above, well, you know, across across all differences and different identities that we that we have that we some you know share some um etc and so we can just learn from each other from a place of of respect and kindness towards uh, one another so that is i think something that that was in my head lately <laughs> <laughs> so do you agree or disagree with toby both. I think weaponizing is an extreme word. I haven't encountered anybody who has done that, I think, in a discussion. But that shouldn't mean, you know, it's always about not going to the extremes, right? So on the one hand, it would be the weaponizing of your identity. And on the other hand would be the hiding or the staying silent. And that is not helping anybody either. Mm -hmm. So um, if we are having healthy, peaceful discussions, we can um, certainly 
uh, yeah, come out and say, um, hello, I am a cis woman, I am bisexual, I am polyamorous, and uh, that entails a lot of things about my person, because of which I sometimes encounter difficulties, and that is not fair, and so I want to talk about that, you know? Mm. I think that's not weaponizing. I think weaponizing yeah, exactly. would be if you would say, or if you would end a conversation or a discussion with making that point and then saying, okay, I don't want to say anything else to that. Yeah, maybe saying something like, something like, uh, this is what I am and I know better. And yeah. uh, mm -hmm. so you have no say in this. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. I think you only come to this point when your opposite uh, is like, what also Toby described, the people who, who say, I always think about the truth or reality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when the other person is also weaponizing with a totally different point of view mm -hmm. and you are, you end up in a, I know the Spanish word callejon, but I don't know the English <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah. Like a, like an alley with no return. Yeah. No exit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, then it doesn't make sense to talk about that anymore anyways. So You can't sure. change everybody's mind, so um, make your point and then... Yeah, and I thought one of the um, most important things as well was, uh, or not the most important, but an important aspect from um, the talk that we had is, and I thought it was very remarkable that Toby was actually able to point out his privilege and say, um, I haven't ever been in these situations and that is because they have a certain privilege and that is also a very important thing for all of us to to just look at ourselves um admit that some of the advantages we have yes. um where they come from you know and also uh, see that many many people don't have those those same advantages and then try to look at, at those other experiences and listen from and listen to other to those other points of view so that you can have a better opinion about whatever statement you're doing mm -hmm. you're making i learned from that episode also that my gender is no part of my identity at all and i found that very interesting <laughs> to yeah. find that out about me <laughs> that is very interesting indeed mm, but for other people for some people it's It's a very central part, especially when you're transgender and you have to True. find out about that first because everybody tells you you are the another gender than you are definitely. So and you feel, yeah, you feel, mm -hmm. yeah, and that is as well uh, a part of our identity, and I think that is how we can go through the other to look at the other parts of our identities, the other parts that makes uh, make us the unique person that we are, each uh, and every one of us. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about was uh, music. Mm -hmm. As, As always. part of our identity. <laughs> yes. What's your experience um, with your musical identity? For me, it's always weird when people tell me they don't listen to music at all or they listen to everything everything yeah oh, no. <laughs> and i i have <laughs> i've had several conversations very recently um that have gone like that <laughs> like oh i listen to everything <laughs> i'm mm -hmm. like oh yeah yeah <laughs> that hurts on the inside 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> so um, coming back to the gender discussion before, maybe that's how it hurts people who have this as a central part of their identity. Because I know when people say something like that about music, I'm like, oh, wow, how can we find common ground? <laughs> <laughs> We're just so different. This person yeah. is an alien to me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, not that extreme, but yes, I I, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's something I can start conversation conversations with, and I can talk about music for hours, or at least about heavy metal music, metalcore stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, if somebody is not into music and not into gaming, which is also a huge part of my life, <laughs> yeah or we cannot talk about our children, then it'll be difficult to find a topic, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. So it's a huge, it's a, it's a very huge part because I spend as much time as possible with music, with listening to music, with producing podcasts about music, with listening uh -huh. to podcasts about music. <laughs> so yeah, that's very, very, very important. When would you say was the very first time in your life where you uh, thought of yourself as a, a metalhead or as a music fan, music lover? I think that was quite early because when I was younger, when I was about 10, I mm -hmm. used to go to a lot of musicals with my parents. Oh, nice. And I also listened a lot to the CDs that we bought from there with the music of the musicals. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I already found out back then that music is very important to me. Even before that, I started learning the piano. Mm -hmm. And then when I was 12, I think I switched to learning how to sing, um, to mm -hmm. be a vocalist. And I also started that um, because of the musicals, because I wanted to be able to sing like they do in the musicals, <laughs> in <Yay>. the opera. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe when I was about 10, 12. Wow. And then heavy metal came when I was 14. And I found out that there is other music with such a high level of skilled musicians. Mm -hmm. Because the musicians in these musicals, they were all professional musicians. They were there every day playing the same right. songs, singing the same songs. So they had a very professional, a very high level. And metal was, or some some um, genres in metal are very similar to musicals. If you look at power metal, for example. Mm -hmm. And we also have so-called opera metal. <laughs> yeah. So that's very similar to that. And yeah, that's something I started listening to metal with. And I think this, the identification as a metalhead came in 2006 when I visited a couple of more festivals with my friends. I was at my first festival in 2005. That was Earthshaker Fest. Kind of overdrive in my head. And yeah, then the festival addiction started one year later. Nice. <laughs> How about you? I think it's kind of similar. Music has always been a part of my life. I think I've told this story before, but uh, I think I was singing before I could speak. Mm -hmm. uh, or at least my parents have told me so. <laughs> And that was also throughout my life. Um, my dad used to play the guitar and 
uh, or he still does. And um, uh, music was like always um, around the house and such. And I also started taking um, keyboard lessons when I was 13 or something. And then I started my singing lessons when I was 15, 14. Mm-hmm. That has some, that is something that has um, prevailed. I wanted to become a professional singer, like a full-time professional singer. Mm-hmm. But you know, the whole, um, I, it's, it was very ingrained in me as well. The typical thing about you have to uh, study something that will actually, or of, of which you will actually be able to live. And, um, and that's why I thought, okay, then music journalism should be cool. <laughs> that should be viable, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, then also I think it was uh, this whole identity thing in my uh, teens because I was very rebellious. I was very, um, I. it was this typical thing I felt like, I felt I was different and... Um, and stuff like that, and so I also started listening to to heavier music and started. Um, well, I also always liked liked um, goth stuff, right? Like um, Tim Burton when I was a little kid. Tim Burton scared me, but but I also found it fascinating. Um, the Nightmare Before Christmas was one of my favorite movies, or is even one of my favorite movies ever. And so, um, yeah, I when I found out about what it is, I, of course, identified as a goth and a metalhead. And <laughs> um, and it was the whole thing about, um, you know, painting my nails black and wearing black clothes and having my family look at me like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, especially, you know, in Latin America, first of all, it's not that widespread. And second of all, it's like everybody's or or that's also a cliche, but still like, um, you know, life is so colorful and such. And all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> you just want to see the, the darkness. Um, so that was that's, I think, when I first um, saw myself in this light of liking that, you know, the darker, the 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 underground stuff and um i think since then that was like the very first time where i where i considered myself um a metalhead and a goth and um it's funny because uh i think now i am actually um living my best goth life as i say it (laughs) 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 but it's like i'm 34 now and uh, like 20 years later, I finally come to a place where I, first of all, think I know myself pretty well. And I'm also like completely free to live as myself. Mm. Yeah. That's an interesting point. When I think back to my youth, I um, mix different styles of the whole metal style, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Fashion. Mm-hmm. Fashion, yes. But that was never an important part to me. But I remember that I also, when I was a teenager, I kind of got lost in in the music, so to speak. So um, mm-hmm. when I turned on the music, I found myself in a dream world. So on another planet in my head. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh-huh. And I think that's also something that that I can create a world for myself when listening to music. 
and mm -hmm. nobody else is able to join me there. It's always interesting to find other people who who are like this or who also uh, have this or are able to daydream and stuff like that. I learned that only 10% of the people are able to do that. <laughs> What? Mm -hmm. It's such a small number. Mm -hmm. And this combination of being in a kind of meditation or on another planet or however you want to call it in combination with music, mm -hmm. uh, I found that out about myself very early, luckily. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So music is your way of escapism? Or... Yeah, yeah. I know other people do that with books or comics or yes. movies. Yeah, Games as well. Mm -hmm. Games are my way of, of <laughs> my form of escapism. <laughs> That's why it's such an important part of my identity. <laughs> you were just talking about games and... I was going to say, yeah. What have you been gaming lately? It hasn't really changed much. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, well, not convinced, but a few friends uh, joined me in playing Destiny 2 a little more often. Mm -hmm. So I do that now as a group of activity as well. And uh, we're still playing Dead by Daylight. So we usually alternate between those two. Mm -hmm. um, it recently happened that the servers for both games were down. Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> damn. <laughs> It, what no what <laughs> um but no those are those are a lot of fun and actually just thinking about the escape escapism thing for me it's well it's also very social so it's not like completely away from real life but um we mostly do talk about you know the game ourselves we also catch up it's all It is a nice activity where the where time flies and um, you don't have to think about the horrible stuff happening in the world. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I enjoy that a lot. Yeah, what about you, Pia? What have you been playing? And also, do you see yourself as a gamer? Um, difficult question. I would say yes. I had a very cool game on my Nintendo Switch lately that was called Research and Destroy. You... Uh -huh. have three researchers that you can play and they have weapons and um, the zombies rule the world and you have to fight the zombies and vampires and everything to yeah, to get the world back, so to speak. Um, that was a very cool and entertaining game. And just yesterday I started to play Stray. That's the game where <gasps> you are the cat. <laughs> yes, it's beautiful. I cried so much. <laughs> I play that on my PlayStation 5 and I have the special headphones also for the PlayStation 5. And can, I can recommend everyone out there who has a PlayStation 5 to buy these headphones because you feel like you are in this game. And in a game like Stray, Aww. that is so special because there are so many sounds and the... The world all around you, yeah. Yeah, the, the sounds... The soundscape in the game is also so special. I wouldn't call it music or it's very minimalistic, mm -hmm. at least at the point where I am right now. I just met the robot that comes with you. <laughs> B12, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, B12. <laughs> I just oh, met B12. Oh, you're just in the beginning. Mm -hmm. <gasps> That's nice. Uh, for anybody who's not familiar with it, uh, Stray is a game that came out a few months ago. Mm -hmm. Yes, in July. There were very high expectations on it. And also uh, people had, were waiting for it to come out for for quite a while. I know I was. <laughs> I was super <laughs> excited to play the game. And 
very shortly, the story is about a cat in a post-apocalyptic uh, cyberpunk kind of world. And um, the story, well, the cat, you know, goes through this world, discovering a lot of stuff. And that is how you, how you know actually what happened with, with Earth or how you learn what happened with Earth and humans, etc. And it's very cool because you follow digital science mm -hmm. at, at the beginning to find the B12 robot that I was just talking about. Yeah. Um, and in the beginning you are with other cats and you lose them because you fall down from a pipe. Yeah, that broke my heart. I cried so much. Yeah. And I think the you aim for getting back to them, but I don't know. Please don't spoil me. <laughs> I won't. I will just say I also cried in the end. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> it is very beautiful though. Um and I totally recommend it. Uh yeah, it's just super chill as well. There are a few uh stressful moments, but it's nothing nothing too difficult either. Mm. But to come back to your question, um right. Stray is a game where I can also join another world. Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to do that with Research and Destroy or For example, Ghost of Tsushima is also a game where I, I was just playing the game for entertainment, not to, not for escape. Immerse yourself in the story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I would identify myself as a gamer, yes. I would not identify with being a soccer fan. I mm -hmm. like it a lot, but at the moment I don't follow the games at all here in Germany. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And, um, I don't miss anything, so I could talk about soccer a lot, but yeah, I'm not into it that much. Yeah. And now you, you have uh, made a, a turn as well, which I wanted to point out before we go over to other uh, types of um, identity labels. Um, I think that the labels Metalhead and Gamer aren't as super mainstream yet and so there is still this kind of stigma around those a lot of negative cliches um you know that metalheads are satanic or that uh gamers are um antisocial yes exactly that that gamers are uh antisocial or uh never do sports um i don't know There are many, many of those uh, kind of cliches that can be very problematic because we are all individuals and we are all different. And I think it is important, though, to use those um, labels, identity labels, and show the world that we're not all the same and we're not all the cliches that people think we are. I think there was a campaign on Twitter where you could post a picture of yourself with the hashtag I am a gamer or something like that to show yeah. how diverse um, the gaming scene is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that is that is one point as well. Diverse, diversity. I think when people um, hear the word, the word metalhead, uh, they think of a male person mm -hmm. in black clothes. When people hear the word gamer, they think of a male person um, sitting on a chair uh, in front of a screen. And um, 
that is that is also um difficult because we know as well in these subcultures as women we are also discriminated against and mm-hmm. we also face different pressures and different clichés and expectations um so it's we need that visibility and that representation and we need to change those images that appear in people's heads when they hear when when they hear a specific word that's why language matters so much yes yes and that is and those are um difficulties that maybe not all identities face you were just mentioning uh sports right sports fans are you know okay they're fans of a team they wear their jerseys it's you know nobody is discriminating them because of that nobody is associating them with the violence for example that happens a lot because two teams just happen to hate, hate each other just for the sake of it sake of it i just went to um to the derby last week this was my very first derby um uh, borussia dortmund against uh, schalke and um it was scary It was scary the amount of police that had to be there. It was scary the amount of um, security and, uh, uh, you know, how people were separated, how people were, how the fans were escorted to work, to the stadium and back. It was, it was scary because I had heard of so many, uh, so many stories about fights between the fans just because they were two different colors, which I find the most stupid thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And at some point, the police just couldn't keep people separated anymore. And inside the the stadium uh, where my partner and I were, actually, there was there were like two segments of the of the people that were mixed, you know, to going to the same bathrooms and everything. And it was pretty scary, like the the atmosphere that that of of these people in blue that looked like just really angry. <laughs> for no reason and um and for me uh, i also don't consider myself a sports fan at all of no sports I, i i just my head doesn't tick that way but i do enjoy it going to the to the to the stadium mm-hmm. um and and you know wearing the shirt and and singing the songs and i always cry because they sing with such Passion. <laughs> passion and and, and emotion <laughs> yeah and it's um so i guess yeah m- music always gets me um the thing is also uh yeah even though that's that was my point even though football for example brings that kind of thing with the culture people are not discriminated against when they say they're a they're a football fan mm-hmm. yeah just the same as we know that rave culture is involved with lots of drugs and nobody ever thinks about that. <laughs> It's just the metalheads that are so satanic, you know? <laughs> Maybe we don't know about some discrimination because we are not involved, we are not affected by it because we are not part of the rave scene or so much in the soccer scene. Uh, but yeah, I, I also think that especially metalheads, gamers... Society doesn't like that so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when you're, lis- when you're listening to techno, oh yeah, okay. Nobody cares that much. Yeah, exactly. I'm reading this Psychology of the Gaming Mind is the title of the book. Um, 
It's written by a psychotherapist who is a gamer himself and has worked with people, um, especially who have thought of themselves or uh, people have told them that they are game addicts. Mm -hmm. It is super interesting. And one of the chapters, um, it's also very nice written, as I find. And one of the chapters tells kind of the story of why games were so associated with violence, which actually made this cliche of a gamer even more taboo and or, or mm -hmm. games, video games in general, made them more taboo and, and more stigmatized. Because, you know, we grew up in the 90s and supposedly all of a sudden people were crying out, games make kids violent. Yeah, um, I think that's very ridiculous because a game is just a medium like a book or a movie and mm -hmm. you can put everything into it. Mm -hmm. So it can be everything. It can be the most lovely thing. It can be soft and romantic and everything. And it can be brutal as fuck, but also books can be brutal as fuck. Movies can be. Yeah. The game is just a medium and a medium is neutral. Depends mm -hmm. on what you use it for. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, that's exactly what the book discusses and also It goes even further to to describe the relationship between a player and a video game and how that can actually help you with your with your development of um, of yourself and your identity how you treat other people um, mm -hmm. it just can be helpful yeah it can also help you with anxiety because the world changes so much and when you or a friend of mine comes back to the same games ever and ever again and I'm like why do you always play the same computer games but for her it's being in a familiar world in a familiar place mm -hmm. where she knows where everything is and nothing never changes mm -hmm. so yeah that's also something that can help you like yeah. reading the same book over and over again or the same movie yeah yeah mm -hmm. and also very trivial but you know you have apparently you can develop better reflexes <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's true and <laughs> Um, depending on which games you play, I think discovering medieval world or uh, special places like Assassin's Creed always has special cities, mm -hmm. historical cities. Um, you discover them in a very more impressive way than you could when you just see pictures or books because you actually work uh, walk in the city yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's also kind of educational on that level, I think. Yes, and so it can actually contribute to your mental health. I think that is also something that is part of the gaming scene nowadays a lot, to talk about mental health, to open up about, about those topics that we um, have always found so, so important as well. And I wouldn't know how, how that is in other communities. <laughs> <laughs> And then there are the other parts of our identity going further than that. I was actually impressed, surprised on the last episode when you talked about how important it has become putting the mother motherhood as such a big part of your identity nowadays. Mm. I was surprised myself. <laughs> 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 yeah, but it kind of changed. Your whole focus shifts somehow. So you're still the same person, but with another very big aspect in your life. And I was so afraid before that because I 
heard about books regretting motherhood oh, wow. with that topic. And I never spent much time with um, informing myself how it is to be a mother, to have children and stuff like that. And it's, mm -hmm. it is so much more than I expected, but I think it's very beautiful and it, it gives me so much to be in this position and to help this small uh, human <laughs> mm -hmm. grow, discover the world and everything. So I really like that role a lot. That's nice. Yeah. And I didn't expect that before. I was like, okay, yeah, let's raise <laughs> a small <laughs> person. Because I always thought it's cool to have adult children or at least in their teenage years because you can okay. ha you have a player three, for example. Mm -hmm, <laughs> you can mm -hmm. share your hobbies with them and everything. But um Also the stage before that to have a, a baby, a very small child. It gives me a lot. Cool. Yeah, I can imagine. Again, and those are, are, are other, yeah, the other parts of our identity that m let us grow. Yeah. And um, find aspects, other aspects of yourself, <laughs> even in your 30s or 40s or wherever you are, you can discover new parts of your identity that you wouldn't have thought about before. <laughs> For sure. And there must be so much hidden that you will never find out about. Yeah, find out about. <laughs> Could be, yes. I mean, of course, the possibilities are always endless. And with every decision that we take and we're, with every turn that our paths take, that, you know, keeps changing and keeps shaping, shaping us with everything that's, that happens as well. Um And that is also something I find very important to know that I hadn't realized before either. Um, and I said this last time when I was talking about the workshop um, about bisexuality that I, that I attended. The fact that your identity can vary, that you can change and that you can use different labels, you know, at different times of your life, throughout your life. Mm -hmm. That, you know, because it's always the whole be yourself and stay yourself uh, kind of thing. I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, I want to stay true to myself, but I also want to keep discovering other things. And that causes change and yeah. change is also nice. And also, I don't want to stay Uh, like this and instead of keep growing I would always keep growing and want to keep growing and keep learning and keep seeing new things in new places and meeting new people that uh, also teach me so many different things mm. so um, yeah I think that is important to know that that we are able of that change capable yes. of that change that's really important because um you also have to allow yourself to change. Some people don't like change at all and want to stay the same person and struggle mm -hmm. when they find out something about themselves that they didn't know before. And that's very difficult for them, but that's totally fine. It's also fine to, to change your mind about things mm -hmm. and also to change parts of your identity that maybe were always like what you discovered recently but you thought about yourself in another way before. For example, I never thought about myself as a mother before I became mm -hmm. a mother. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I think the parts that really define us are those who, uh, those which we discover and they stay with us. For example, when I was 14, I started being a metalhead. I discovered this whole world of metal music and 
I think it will never disappear from my life. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how old I was when I started gaming, maybe eight or seven when my father bought me a Game Boy. <laughs> uh -huh. That's when I became a gamer and it has always been a part of my life and my identity. And mm -hmm. in my 30s, when I was 33, I became a mother and it will always be part of my identity from now on. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter when you find out about parts of your identity and you can also change something right. that was was there before. <laughs> and that you maybe thought would be forever as well, mm -hmm. right? Um, I know when I went freelance, when I started working freelance, um, I remember that I was very proud and thought that would be like, you know, forever my profession and I remember holding this I don't know this concept as a goal that I would have had anyway and um, because you know uh, I think especially where I come from in Ecuador we there's it, it that is like part of life that is like the 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 typical thing at some point you have your own home your own car and your own um, business mm-hmm And I remember I said, uh, because people kept asking that, as in, why, how, why would you start your own business? And I remember I said, uh, I would have done it anyway at some point, mm -hmm. but um, I didn't expect that to be, you know, at 28. Six years later, <laughs> I have had the freelancer experience and now I, um, uh, I yeah. <laughs> I have other and I'm looking for other things and have other goals and um, that is fine too mm. I made the best of my freelance years I think and what I want to accomplish in life in general I think mm. um, needs uh, another type of stability at the moment so yeah and um, something I wanted to ask you from something that you said in the previous episode mm -hmm. um, you said you identify yourself as a vocalist Yeah. Um, and you were part of the band Vampirica before, and mm -hmm. you were also a vocal teacher. Yeah. But now that's, as far as I know, not a part of your profession anymore, but you still um, identify yourself as a, as a vocalist, as a singer. Mm -hmm. So that's also something that is so deep in your identity that it doesn't change, even though you don't have a band at the moment where you... Uh, can go on stage with and sing there mm -hmm. how do you feel about that well that is a yeah, that is a question I, <laughs> I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> yikes <laughs> i think um do you miss the stage <laughs> of course yes i miss it i'm sad that i haven't been in a band for over 10 years i am i sometimes feel very frustrated that I don't take the time actively to look for a band to uh, maybe that I never took the time to learn to play an instrument so that I could do my own stuff all alone and not be um, dependent of other musicians to write music. I'm too lazy. What? <laughs> <laughs> Laziness is a part of my identity. <laughs> Laziness is a part of my identity. Yes. I choose my battles. I choose with what I, I, um, what I invest my energy in. Um, yeah, but at the same time, it was always there. It was always a part of myself. Um, and I will never 
stop singing, I think, even if it's just in my head, even if it's just in the shower, even if it's just, you know, while I'm doing other things or other people's songs when I'm listening to them, when I'm going to their concerts. Um, it's always been a part of me. I also have, I also keep learning. So even if I don't do it professionally or even if I don't do it actively, um, it's always there. And something always comes up. Um, my partner and I just released a cover on YouTube a few months ago. I can link that in the show notes. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Super shameless self-promotion. I was also featured in, in his band's album last year. Leechcraft. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we've also, we, we have like those kind of projects now and then, um, you know, either covers or or just something together. Last time I visited him in Finland, we did a small acoustic show on, on Twitch. That mm -hmm. was super, that was so much fun because um, we didn't even rehearse. We, we had two re or three, two rehearsals before that. And we just went and, um, you know, and did the thing live on Twitch. And um, that already felt like a small stage. That was, it was really nice. It was also really nice to be able to share that with him. Mm -hmm. With my romantic partner, so to speak. And uh, it was, I had never had that before. Mm -hmm. So I am still experiencing myself as a singer and as a musician, even though I haven't written uh, my own songs in a very, very long while. And I don't think that will ever change either. Um, and I think that helps me to cope. Mm -hmm. with the <laughs> With the frustration and the feeling of failure. To know that even if I'm not doing it anymore, even if I'm, I never, well, only, well, well, I was a vocal coach. That was the only time where I actually earned money from music. But, but still, even if I am not like a super traditionally professional singer at the moment, um, that's just part of my soul, I think. Mm. To be super cheesy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, and I think that is the part maybe that never changes. Mm -hmm. Like I am a spiritual person. I believe I am a soul in a in an ex in a human experience. And through this human experience, I get to experience so much, to live so much, to feel so much, to learn and see and taste as well, you know, all of those things. And that is what changes my mind, my my reason, the more flexible parts of my identity, maybe. But there are some parts of the soul that stay the same. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Wow. <laughs> We have made a breakthrough. This feels like therapy and at the same time, like a discovery. We're doing science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let's keep having these conversations. That is what I, what I live for, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I enjoy that a lot. Mm -hmm. But I think that's also very beautiful to end this chapter with for the moment. Mm -hmm. True. Ah, we've been poetic even. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what have you been listening to lately? Give us the recommendations now, because I've been seeing a lot in your, in your Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. First of all, I want to mention that the band Arius has their debut album out now it's called arcanum and it is really really good it has a lot of gent it's progressive metal but very modern and the mm -hmm. singer is i don't even have words for that but <laughs> i like her clean vocals so much and um the girls they uh, develop 
from every time they record new material mm -hmm. so yeah check that album out and if you live in germany then i recommend going to the euroblast festival because they will be playing there Ooh. so that's gonna be in a few days releases when this comes out yes so people go 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 what else electric callboy released their album techno but uh, i didn't pay that much attention because there is one song that i thought okay that's cool that's called mind reader mind reaper i don't know okay um, i even don't recall the song title and all the other stuff on the album there are four more tracks that haven't been released before for me they uh -huh. are just material to fill the album okay um so yeah all cool songs have been released before okay we came as romans have a new single out that's called golden and That is not typical for the band. It was more like a mixture of Adept and Icy Stars with mm -hmm. a lot of Rising Insane in it also, but that band is not so popular, I think. So um, another part of the band, another part of their identity, no, <laughs> I wouldn't say so, <laughs> but uh, another, um, yeah, part of their music has been revealed with this song and they will release an album on October 14th. And I'm really looking forward to that album. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And that's the most important music that I've been listening to. And I'm looking forward to the new Stradivarius album, Survive, which will be mm -hmm. out on September 23rd. So when this podcast is out, this episode is out, you um, you can listen to it. And in the next episode, I will tell you what I think about it. <laughs> nice. That's it, more or less, I think. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been listening to lately i listened to the new machine head album mm. i liked it especially slaughter the martyr and no gods no masters were my favorite songs of that album i listened to the new parkway drive yes because i'm going to the concert this saturday nice. super, super excited uh, <laughs> to see also lorna shore and while she sleep sleeps and um also because it's here it's like at my doorstep i couldn't not go i also want to see lorna show one day they must be a blast live <laughs> yes probably i don't know i will see i will tell you mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah and it's in this huge arena kind of thing so and and all of the the you know standing places uh, or standing tickets were booked already But we found um, people who couldn't attend and we uh, bought their tickets. So, yes, we're going to be in the middle of things. And, yeah, I will tell you how that goes. I am also listening to, uh, I think they're called Relica, mm -hmm. their new EP. They are a band from Australia that I had listened to a few songs um, from for a while now. But they just came out with this uh, new EP that's really, really good. Um, the band is called Re Relica, R-E-L-I-Q-A. Um, yeah, so give that a try. And otherwise, um, yeah, a lot of, you know, Parkway Drive and While She Sleeps and Lorna Shore in preparation for the concert. Lorna Shore has a new single out. I haven't been mm -hmm. listening to that one. And another band that has a new single is in flames i was a huge in flames fan back in 2008 uh -huh. around that 
time period and then I kind of lost them. But now the new stuff is awesome. And the single Foregone Part One is also really, really cool. And the new album, I think it will be called Foregone, will be out in February next year. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Already things to look forward to for next year. Another band who's releasing that just released a single from an upcoming release is Epica. Mm -hmm. They released uh, just last week a collaboration with The Shining. No, Shining. The band is just called Shining. So Epica and Shining, the song is called The Final Lullaby and is part of a seven song release that's coming up on November 11th. And they are all collaborations. So it's Epica and other artists that have brought uh, these songs to life. I am very, very excited and looking forward to those because um, the artists they have chosen to to collab with are really cool. Mm. That's coming up. Yeah. Um, I have a podcast recommendation, um, Ooh, at least nice. if you understand German. I was at a concert at the beginning of September and there I met a guy from the podcast Geek Aus Prinzip. And they uh -huh. basically talk about the stuff that we've been listening, <laughs> that we've been talking about in this episode, like games, music, okay. <laughs> also movies and I think animes. So yeah, check that out if you like topics like this and understand German, of course. <laughs> nice. Yes, that's it. That's Follow it. us on Instagram and bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. If you have made it this way, you are awesome. And uh, we will catch you next month. Um, yeah. Give us a follow on Spotify, subscribe to the podcast on the other platforms, and also tell your friends about us. Uh, send them a link. Um, bring them over next time we're here <laughs> <laughs> and if you have the time also you can leave a review and such you know that also helps yep and in the next episode we um, if everything works right we will have a guest yeah. Marty from the band We Awake check them out also and if you have questions that you want us to ask her just send them to us uh, best way to do that is Instagram I think yeah Slide into our DMs, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you and bye-bye. Right. Bye. -bye. bye.